All right, Joel Radio's back. How's it going out there? Joel Radio back, and uh, you are. The, we have an in-studio guest who doesn't live here. That's different. <laughs> the only in-studio guest that I've had since COVID-19 began was my girlfriend, Layla. When she wasn't working, this was all the work we did for the week. Sitting here talking. But she's working, and I'm not. I've been in here since COVID-19. Have you? Yeah, it's only been... uh, All right. uh, You ruined my whole intro. What the fuck, Bill? Go for it. (laughs) Bill Hildebrand joining us today. What's going on, Bill? It's my job to make you look bad. I I guess so. (laughs) That's sort of the thing. Uh, Bill's here. He hasn't been here in a while. I can't remember the last time. But I, look, the shows have been infrequent. For those of you listening, you know, you all heard, uh, you know, we lost Corey Hall. Uh, did that show a couple weeks ago where I just talked about him for a couple hours. And uh, I want to thank everyone who liked that show. I got tons of feedback on that. And uh, I know some people said that it made him cry, as as I did doing it. And um, That was a great that was a great show. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was all well done. Uh, it was tough to do. It really was. And I, I kind of put it off and I waited so we till we had his memorial just to try to get through it. And I, I felt a lot better about it after I did that show. I'll tell you that. You know, like I just felt like, OK, I kind of got that off my chest. I told my story. A lot of people didn't know. You know, even you probably didn't no, know. I didn't know a lot stuff. of the stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, thanks to everybody who wrote in. I mean, I got I got emails from. Germany, Australia, I mean, all over the world, people were, were writing me and, and leaving feedback on the... Uh, there's some comments up on JoelRadio.net if you want to read those. Um, really amazing outreach. I tried to write back to everybody. If I didn't write you back, I'm so sorry, but... It's a lot of people, you know, sharing how well they first listened to the show and all this stuff, so... Yeah. It was cool. Great. You listened. You liked it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's marvelous. Thank you. My girlfriend uh, came home from work the other day oh good and she's crying oh gee. and i go oh shit what the fuck did i do now yeah you know or something maybe she's mad at work whatever it is and i said you've been crying what's going on tell me what's going on she goes i finished your podcast talking about Corey, and i sobbed all the way home and i go oh, oh boy that wasn't the goal <laughs> so if you want to hear more about Corey, i mean you we'll give you a chance here to talk about but i did do two hours on Corey. well you can do it now i don't know well oh, let me mention this though uh, at the end of this show, that's what I mean. when you go to the end of the show, we'll, we'll let you do your bit before that, I think. Because that's what people, I think, are Yeah, yeah, for. before you play this special. Well, I'm going to play this at the got. end of the yeah, show. Yeah, so I'll do it right before. Corey, <laughs> no, no need for my format whatsoever. You do it whenever you want. <laughs> you know, do it when I stopped recording. Do it then. That's, that's a good time to do it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, when uh, George Carlin died, I don't know how many years ago that was, 10 years ago probably uh, now, something least, like that. Yeah. At least. And uh, Corey was here and he said, um, you know, I, I got an interview with George Carlin. I interviewed him for the paper. I was writing, a, you know, it was a promotional thing for his new movie. Uh, I can bring the tape in. So he brought the tape and I transferred it from the tape to the computer and said, all right, I'll find a week for this. When nothing's going on, we'll play this interview with you and Carlin. Never played the fucking thing. So today, if you listen to the show, last 12 minutes will be Corey 
talking to George Carlin. You'll yeah. get to hear that. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be cool. Yeah, and I listened to it. It's nice. I listened to it since Corey passed away for, for the second time. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, uh, a mind-blowing interview, but it's it's funny, you know. Corey and Carlin. Yeah, he was connected. Yeah. He talked to a lot of people. He did, and they're both gone now, so you yeah. can hear that. So I'm trying to see if I can find some bonus Corey stuff to kind of sprinkle into the show here to remember him. And he did a lot of those celebrity interviews. I don't. I was talking to his wife about, you know, um, you know, what does he have at home? Does he have? She goes, I think he has a bunch of cassettes of interviews and stuff. And I go, I have a tape deck. I could maybe try, you know, so that could be a thing down the road. And I've got lots of stuff that, you know, we've done on the show that either never made it for the air. You know, I think there's a lot of, uh, when I was talking about our radio gig, I have the demo from that, which I think is interesting. The thing that kind of got us hired. Uh, or you know, hired and fired. Well, the, the actual show was was funny. I yeah, did you it was remember well listening done. to the yeah, nine ninety seven yeah, one show? Especially yeah. the interview with on the street. That stuff yeah, that you yeah. Did was hilarious. Um, so I've got some of those things that I could put up that were never really part of this show. And then we used to do the thing, the mailing list uh, bonus features, where you know, we, if you subscribe to our mailing list for the Corey and Joel Radio Show, we'd email you a thing and you'd download that. It wasn't part of the podcast; it was an extra thing where we'd review fast food or, you know, do dumb shit like that. And it was just extra stuff that we did to goof around. And those kind of were never part of the show proper. Uh, so that was, might be interesting to throw in. I think some of them are going to be some pretty amateurish by today's standards. But, hey, they're, they're a, when you've been doing a show for 15 years, right. shit's going to change. How many shows so far now? You know what? I'd have to. It's over 500 yeah. for sure. Well, yeah. But, I mean, go. I'd have to. I'd actually have to look and see. You're not going to give you credit. You're starting to get the hang of it. You know, I'm impressed. <laughs> I've only been passed by by, you know, 550,000 other people with podcasts, Bill. I've only... <laughs> <laughs> if, if this was at one time the most popular show in podcasting, it has now fallen considerably <laughs> over the years. Actually, it wasn't the most popular show when there were 100 podcasts, but it is what it is. But we're going to keep on. All right. You want to talk about Corey now? Or uh, no. Well, no well, he, he I just got, because I only got a couple minutes to mention. I'll just do it before right, you do the, right. the end of the show. But you knew Corey very well. I mean, t- you know, you, uh, you know, I met you starting out. You know, you were running that Joey's Dearborn. Yeah. We'd go down there looking for open mic spots. Sometimes mm-hmm. Corey and I would go together. You know, we, we'd be at the open mics. And what are you doing Thursday? You want to go down to Dearborn? Yeah, all right. I'll meet you up here. You know, pick you up or whatever. We'd go down, and that's how we met you. And then we were working your club and uh, having you booked. And, of course, you know, you were a guy. And I always said this about him, too. We're going to talk about Corey with you. Yeah, I know. So I, I guess no, we'll no, go no, there. No, no, no. So I'll go ahead you and do it. You were a guy, and, and you were a guy, too. And I mentioned this last time on the show. Comics wanted Corey on the show. That Corey was a guy where people were calling him, you know, Dave Landau and Jay Chris Newberg and these guys, Sal D'Amelio, and go, hey, man, I got a gig. You want to come do this gig? And my theory was always that, you know, because I, I worked with Corey and I saw him a million times. It wasn't that Corey always had the best sets or was the greatest opening act for you guys, but that he was just a fun hang. So you wanted, you know, well, we're going to sit in a car for two hours. Might as well take Corey because yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing, well, and the other thing about Corey too is, as an opening act, I got to tell you, you know, I had him open for me, gosh, just a handful of times. But you know, this is highly unusual for comics. But I swear to God, he never did the same show twice. Well, that's that is true. You and know, I, yeah. I mean, he was always it was always something new. Yeah. So you never knew what he was going to talk about. Number yeah. one, but number two, 
he didn't step on any of your shit. Yeah. You know, he didn't burn any of your premises because he talked about stuff that was so out there. <laughs> yeah. That you didn't have to worry about him talking about, you know, troubles with girlfriends like yeah. everybody else does, yeah. you know, and, and smoking dope yeah. and all that other shit that everybody talks about, you right. know. And uh, so, yeah, he was, and it was fun to watch because he was, he, he was on, he wrote, yeah. he, he walked the tightrope. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he was not a he was not a safe act by any nope, de- even right. when he was sticking to the script. You know, Corey. You know, and it was one of those things about him. It was just in his nature. You know, he was not Mister Rehearsal. He was not a guy that would record his stuff and play it back and listen to it. And you know, I, I remember one of the times he was at Bart's and his mom was in the back of the room and he got on stage <laughs> and he spent five minutes. Ragging on his mom, and it was hilarious. <laughs> Just insulting the shit out yeah. of his mother in yeah. front of a you know relatively packed house, and I'm going, yeah. "This is great." Yeah, Corey, I think in an off the cuff way was the funniest. Yeah, guy. he was. You know, whether cuff. I mean, and his act was good. Don't get me wrong. Right. No, but you know, it wasn't. You know, and I think if you asked him, it would he would, you know, he wouldn't have had an act, and he wasn't an impressionist. No, but I always told him whenever I was with him, I said, you know, I don't care what you do, but you got to do Steve Harvey for me. <laughs> He was so good at doing. He, he I nailed think it. he was. He was sort of, uh, you know, towards the end of his, you know, you know, he would in the later years he was really known for that Family Feud bit. Yeah, and of course, you know, he was doing it. You know, Steve Harvey had been on the air for six weeks doing Family Feud. Oh yeah, no one gave a shit about it, and Corey wrote this bit, <laughs> you know, about how come it was always a black family and a white family, and Steve Harvey always could not believe the answers and seemed so offended. <laughs> yeah. You know, they'd write these... And mug for the camera. Yeah, they'd write these questions that were set up for you to say penis. Right. And Steve Harvey was shocked and appalled at the yeah. fact somebody would say it. And he was doing this bit, and then, you know, as popular culture rolls on, well, everyone starts doing it, and then mm-hmm. he's kind of like, oh, I feel like a hack now doing that Steve Harvey thing. And you, know, you gotta fucking do that. It's insightful. You were the first guy doing yeah. it. You know, but he wouldn't want to feel like a hack, and so yeah. he wouldn't do it. I know. know. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things. She didn't really say it, but uh, his wife sent me a really nice note. It's probably like that one there, right? Is that? Yeah. Yep. And one of the things, though, that she mentioned was uh, uh, that uh, she always, uh, you know, he mentioned me quite a few times and always talked about, made fun of my neon joke. Yes. You know? Yeah. Did an impression of me doing a neon (laughs) joke. (laughs) And because he didn't like hacks, and that's a hacky <laughs> bit, you know, so. Well, we were talking about Mark Goldberg. Uh, you know, I was last time. You know, that was the first time Corey ever talked to me was during Mark Goldberg's act. He came up and said, get ready to see Hiroshima and Nagasaki put together. <laughs> and it was Bill, uh, Mark Goldberg, Mark Goldberg on stage at Club Bar, you know. Yeah. And I'm waiting for him to go on, and he was doing, I, I have a neon. You know what neon stands for? Never, ever. Own a neon. <laughs> you know, that was his neon. And it was like, you know, yours is way better than his. Well, thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. All right. Oh, well, I almost canceled coming out today. Why is that? I came real close because, Why? you know, I don't really believe, I'm not superstitious. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes I wonder there's an omen. <laughs> okay. And I had so many today saying, just don't leave the house, man. Just don't <laughs> okay. go anywhere. You know, my day's. Started off, I don't live in a house. I live in an apartment. Okay. And so here's what happens. You know, I'm on the second floor, and I have the good fortune of living above the dumpster. Oh. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you know, they come in the empty the yeah. thing. And if you know anything about 
getting a dumpster emptied. It's not a quiet affair. Yes, yeah. You know, they bang that thing on the top of the truck <laughs> to shake all the yeah. shit out and stuff like that. And, of course, today, what do they do? They showed up at 7 a.m. Oh. All right. That's problem number one. Mm-hmm. So now I'm up and now I'm awake. And I'm sitting there. I'm trying to nod the hell back off, you know, and I, I just can't do it. So then I turn on the TV for a minute. And sometimes the TV makes me fall asleep, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll, and all of a sudden I look off to my side and I see a bed bug. Oh. Now, do you know anything about bed bugs? Uh, I, it's a little tiny tick like thing. Yeah, it looks like, it looks like a uh, apple seed crawling oh, across okay. you know, your, yeah. your mattress or your sheet or something like that. If you live in a high-rise apartment or really any kind of apartment complex, mm-hmm. you're going to have trouble with this. Yeah. And once they get in, contrary to popular belief, I don't care what Rose Pest Solution says. I don't mm-hmm. care what the ex- exterminators say. You can read every can of shit on the Home Depot shelf about mm-hmm. bed bugs. You can't kill the motherfuckers. Yeah. You can't get rid of them. Okay. Because uh, I had experience with them in Los Angeles when I lived out there. Okay. And there's just nothing you can do. You know, if you bomb the place, you bomb your apartment, stuff like that, you can slow them down for a couple of weeks, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Then they're back and forth. So I'm going, oh, shit. Now I got to do this. So now... I'm thinking, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get a futon. Okay. And that way, if they appear again oh. after I get new furniture, you know, a futon, mm-hmm. you know, then I can just throw the mattress part out and get a new mattress and put okay. that on. So it cost me, you know, $98, yeah. and I don't have them anymore. Okay. So I get up to go to the futon store. You know, I, the traffic's bad. I couldn't get out of Royal Oak. I almost, you know, I'll t- <laughs> yeah, tell you about that in right. a second. And I get there at 10 o'clock. Here's a big sign, open at 11. Oh, great. So I go, all right, I got to go to Kroger. I got to pick up a couple of things. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What's with the one-way aisles? What is the point of that? Right, In a so, grocery store yeah, or a Walmart or anywhere yeah, else? they now well, have it. Why? Well, I guess it's so no one is... People are not face-to-face, meaning you go down the aisle. If it's one way, the person, uh, the only other person in the aisle is going to have their back to you because they're going forward yeah, and you're behind but, them and the guy behind you. All right, so I go one way down the aisle. Yeah, that's I'm the looking for shit. Yeah. I don't see what I want when I get towards the end of the aisle. What am I going to do? I'm going to turn around and go back because <laughs> yeah. maybe I missed it. Yeah. So it's patently stupid. It is. And not yes. only that, if somebody's standing over here looking at the ketchup and I'm over here looking at the mayonnaise, you know, we're we're not facing each other, yeah. but we're you know six yeah, feet sure. apart. Yeah, yeah. So it's stupid. It is, and you know, and it forces you to have to go up here and down there to get the what you want is like you can see it there. It's fifteen <laughs> feet away, but you got to go against the sign to go get the damn thing. So you got to go down the aisle. It makes no sense. Plus, it's closing off the doors. Yeah, you know, the, you can't use this as an entrance. Or it's you know anymore. What's the point of that? What's yeah. the point of having one huge door be an exit and the other one's an entrance and they're you know, 50 yards apart. Yeah. What's the point? Well, they have, uh, right, it, it, there was a huge Kroger over 12 and Stevenson. There. That's the one I was at, and that's and the one I'm talking one, about. there's only one, there's two entrances at either end of the building. That's right. And one's completely closed, I guess, so you don't, right, it's, yeah. That makes no sense, because you could park at one end and then realize, oh, I can't go in. That's what I did. I got to walk. I got a great and, parking spot. <laughs> yeah. No and I found did. out why. Yeah. You can't walk in that way. Uh, so, you know, uh, that doesn't, and, you know. Let alone this, folks. If you if you want to 
chime in on this, please explain to me. If you're one of these knuckleheads in your car, all by yourself, wearing a mask. Yeah. Why in the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> well, there's a reason for it. Well, what is it? Well, I think some people are probably between places, and they say, well, just leave it on. Oh, no, sh- no, stop it. There, there's that. And oh, then no. some people might be... You know, delivery drivers or people but driving you're in the people. truck by yourself. But what if they're you know picking people up? They're on their well, way. Then when you, some guy up. gets in your car, put your mask on. Well, you could do that. But it all might right, be how about okay? Then fuck that. How about these guys on their bikes? Well, then. Well, what are they going to do? Pick somebody <laughs> up? They're going to deliver something. I can't be upset with people trying to be safer. And not get but coronavirus. But it just shows that they don't understand. Well, that's they true. They don't but, get but, it. But maybe if their default is, I can wear this all the time, and who it's would not uncomfortable. Do that? Come on, know. it's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. I don't give a shit who you are. Well, we unless you're just ugly and trying to you know, cover up part of you, <laughs> your face. It makes no hey, damn sense. I hear women say that they like wearing masks out because guys don't hit on them. I've heard that. I've heard that. Too. Yeah. And then they take the mask off and go, you've got nothing to worry about. You're going out of your way. Well, we, we ran into all of this one-way stuff in masks because we went on a little road trip last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was fun, right? Yep. We went to Cleveland, Ohio, Bill and I and yep. Bill's girlfriend. As, as uh, Randy Newman says, city of light, <laughs> city of magic. You know, only God can make a river. Only man can make it burn. <laughs> phrase from that, si- from that song. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum is in Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, Bill, I don't, you've been there once before, I think? Years and years ago. And uh, I knew that uh, the Rock and Roll, they were having this exhibit called Play It Loud, which that's the book right there in front of you. Cool. Which was at the Met in New York. And I talked about it when I went last year in the spring. I went in April of 19. It was just opening. And uh, so not in addition to the regular stuff that they have at the museum, they had all these, you know, this incredible, the greatest collection of rock and roll instruments ever put together. And it was in New York for six months. And then I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I said, well, Bill, we got to go see this stuff because there's stuff you're going to want to see. Yeah. And uh, we went and it was great. Now, I will say, and uh, this exhibit's going to run through the end of the year in Cleveland. And it's worth the trip to see if you're into this shit like we are. Yeah. Uh, but there was some shit missing, and it bummed me out a little bit. And I remember right. I was belly aching you because it's all in that book. In fact, if you open that book, there's a bookmark, and the thing that I was hoping you would get to see. Oh, I mean, to show it to the audience. Well, no, but they can look this up. But it's <laughs> there. It is right there on your oh, left. Yeah, yeah. And I took pictures well, of it in New York. I actually got to play this in New York. You got to play that? Yep, at the uh, Audio Engineers Convention. Oh, okay, there the you Waldorf go. At the Waldorf Astoria in, ni- in 1975. So that's, tell everybody what it is, because you can describe it yeah, better it's, than me. It's a synthesizer. It's an old school synthesizer. It's, uh, the thing's got to be 10 feet tall. Keith yeah. Emerson played it. Yeah. And if you ever, ever saw Keith Emerson, you saw the synthesizer, because he used it till the end. Yeah. I mean, he always had it at right. every show. And, uh, yeah, and it was there on display, and the guy that was there with it, uh-huh. explaining it, was Robert Moog himself, okay, the inventor so was, of the thing. Oh, and so I go. spent a lot of time with yeah. him. And if you're a keyboard guy, I got a great uh, Rob, Bob Moog uh, story for you. <laughs> Is that for this show or some oh, other show? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it depends. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're a guitar nut. 
Yeah. I'm a, I'm a keyboard nut. And yeah. you know, in a band, you've ever been in a band with a keyboard player and guitar I've player? I've not been in any bands. We don't, <laughs> we don't like each other. Okay. Because we can't play the same stuff. Because the frequencies cancel each other well, out? No, because of the way or? you play. Okay. Because, you know, you can do riffs and stuff that mm-hmm. you can't do on a piano, and yeah. I can do things that you can't yeah, do. Yeah, sure. You know, I got a left and right hand. You mm-hmm. just got, bring. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that, that conflict's been going on forever. Mm. But, you know, I got to know the guy real well, and he yeah. really liked me oh. because I was working in a music store at the time. Okay. And the competing synthesizer at that time was called an ARP. Okay. All right? And he was suing ARP because they had stolen one of his oscillator designs. Oh. And if you want to hear the ARP, a Teenage West Wasteland by The Who... Okay, you know, yeah. you got that. Well, that was yeah. the art. Baba O'Reilly. Because that was the only yeah, one that so had a, 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 sen- a sequencer in it that mm-hmm. could do that. Right. You know, you just program that in mm-hmm. at the time. And so I told him, yeah, this guy brought in an ARP, and he was trying to tell us about it. And he said, you know, Keith, Keith uh, Emerson has thrown his Moog off the stage several times because it wouldn't stay in tune. <laughs> and, and Moog said to me, he says, would you testify to that in court? And I said, yeah. Okay. And he says, oh, so he takes my number. When I got home, he called me a couple of times. But the next day at the convention, I went and I started talking to him again. And now, and I knew a little bit about the history of electronic music. Okay. And he was a little bit impressed by that. But there was going to be a demonstration by this college that they had written music for a synthesizer. Mm. Not using notes. Yeah. But a new type of staff and and. Uh, a line and stuff that went okay. through a graph to uh, play on synthesizers. And so he says to me, he says, you want, you want to go to that? And I said, yeah. You know, they want to have all these seminars. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's about 30, 40 people in the room. So I'm sitting with Bob Moog watching this demonstration about this new form of writing music for synthesizers. And these four guys started playing their synthesizers, and it's just shit. It's just <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know? yeah. And after about five minutes, he taps me on the knee and says, let's get out of here. <laughs> and, of course, everybody sees Bob Moog leave the room, oh. you know, because this thing was supposed to go on for like an hour. Yeah. And we get outside, and he goes, that's shit. <laughs> so I thought that was very insightful. Yes. But anyway, Emerson's uh, keyboards were not there. There was a bunch of stuff that Jimmy Page, and I read up about this. Uh, but John... John well, Lennon's we'll get, Mellotron. John was there. Lennon's Mellotron was there. Man, I still. Which you love the Mellotron. I still get a Woody in the middle of the night yeah. thinking about that. Lennon's thing. Mellotron was there. And I think that's part of the Beatles exhibit. It's right. not part of that. Right. But what's interesting, because when I wrote down all the Stone stuff that was in that Play It Loud, and it was supposed to be Mick Jagger's Mellotron, which was in New York, and that one was missing, but you got to look in John Lennon's. Right. and Yeah, because I got a book about Rolling Stone shit over they're there. They're probably so, identical anyway. Yeah, they're probably. They look. In fact. Yeah. If you look at the Mick Jagger yeah, one, yeah, the in Moody there, Blues the, one is the same. The back, one. yeah, it's the they same only model. Had one model. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you really dug that. But here's what here's what they added because again, Jimmy Page took his stuff out. Eddie Van Halen's Frankenstrat, the original one, was in there. It was gone. Uh, a bunch of Keith Richards guitars. There was only one that's in this collection uh, now in in Cleveland. It's the cool. It's a. Uh, it's his black Les Paul with the colorful writing. Yeah, yeah. If you've seen the Sympathy for the Devil movie, uh, so that was in. So there's stuff missing, but. Here's what they added. The Black Strat from David Gilmore. That was new to the collection. Yeah, that was so cool. And that was Jim Ursay bought that from the guy who owns the Colts. He buys all this old 
rock yeah, and roll shit. Yeah, it was fun shit. to see who owned what, too. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and then uh, one thing was for Beatles fans, the original Rick John Lennon's original Rickenbacker, yeah. his little short scale, I think it's a 325, in its natural finish. He painted it black at some point, and kind of. So before he was famous, it was natural. When he was famous, it was black, and then he stripped it down later. And uh, so that was in there, and I was shocked to see that because I didn't know it was going to be. And then that Elvis Martin that we were looking at, his acoustic that had the E L V I and the S was missing. You know that went on auction last week. Really, one point four mil they got for that. But I think it's still sitting in Cleveland if you want to go look at it. So it's a great collection of stuff. Stevie Ray Vaughan's number one. See, that's uh, now I mentioned like that, that when we were there. You yeah. know, to be in charge of that stuff oh, and yeah. make sure somebody doesn't abscond yeah. with it. You yeah. Know? Well, I think that's probably why some of these guys took it. I think the Stones might have taken a lot of their stuff because they were supposed to. Tour. Yeah, there was things missing. And yeah, because they were supposed this, to tour and right, they did. This display is you know not available. Blah blah. But blah. they said Jimmy Page just didn't want his stuff leaving New York. Yeah. You know. Um, but the collection is unbelievable. You should really go if you're into rock and, and so roll. It's a once in a lifetime thing. We had a great time. Your girlfriend had never been. Yeah. Uh, and so she. And she posted some photos yes. on Facebook, 60 of them. Yeah. <laughs> she took so, good photos. So, I looked through her photos. So apparently she had a good time. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, handwritten lyrics there. I've got to mention her name, outfit. Martha, because she loves this show. So yeah, Martha was. She's Martha my current squeeze. Do you want to <laughs> talk about it? And believe me, I had a great time. It was a fine trip. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how Martha ended up going? Well, <laughs> no, because... We both screwed up. I'm not blaming anybody. Well, and no, it's, it was great that Martha was Because I there. was misled. <laughs> I was misled by a guy that should know how to form a complete I, 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 I assume, you know, what happens when you assume? You make an ass out, out of you, you and me. me. I know. I, okay. And I, I, I never, <laughs> never use that word. But I thought I had it straight. You know, Joel calls me I felt me like up. an ass. Joel calls me up and says, yeah, you want to do the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame? Uh, my girlfriend uh, says uh, Friday would be good for her. Yeah. Well, what Joel meant was... <laughs> She's going to be busy, so we can go. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what. And I, I thought, well, no, I I thought she was going too, <laughs> so I invited Martha. Yeah. And she shows up, and Joel's going, oh, you know, well, is she going? <laughs> and I'm, you should see the look on it was, her face. It was eight a.m., and I'm going, oh, what are you? I thought she was maybe just dropping you off. Yeah. And I go, okay. And so she's, well, you should have like, seen the look on her uh, face. I know. Because you only had two tickets. Yeah. I already bought the tickets. So now she had to it. go online right away and make sure she could go, because you had to make an appointment to get in yeah, so they don't get yeah. overcrowded. You Which know? was nice because it really wasn't that crowded. Yeah, we got it there early nice. and they let us right in. Yeah, yeah. yeah so nice. that was great. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, what was cool about her, though, is, is you know, Joel and I talked. Yeah. Because, you know, we kind of understand what's yeah. going on. She's not, she doesn't play an instrument. Yeah. She says she used to sing. I, I've heard her sing. <laughs> so when she says she used to yeah, sing. Yeah, she used to. <laughs> oh, she's going to kill me for that. <laughs> Should I, 26 minutes, 27, cut to yeah. 27.05. Yeah, at 27. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, you know, she she just went off on her own, yeah, you know, and took fun. her own photos yes. and kind of let let us talk. She had a great and, time. Yeah, she had a great time, and well, it was great. I had a great time. No, and I wish, you know, I had my girlfriend, you know, yeah. she was kind of like, oh, I would have loved to have gone, and I yeah. well, well, maybe we'll go before the end of the year. Because, I mean, we did it, and we did it, you know, we left out of Detroit relatively early. Got there before noon. Yeah. I think we were out of there by 3. We stopped, had some dinner, and I think we were home about 6.30, 7, something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a good day. Nice day, good yeah. Good way to spend the day. The weather was perfect. Yeah. So it's worth doing. If you're if you're within a few hours, 
Head over to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Go look at that stuff because they will never have it. Even though, like I said, they changed some things and they added things and subtracted some other things. It's still an unbelievable collection of stuff. If you're into the Beatles, if you're into you know rock and roll in general. And they even added that room of we, we kind of breezed right through the room of all the Taylor Swift and all the modern people, Billie Eilish. Yeah. They had some of their shit yeah. in there. And we kind of walked right through that. Well, and said, you know, and you, you, if you can't relate to it, what's the point of exactly. staring at it? You yeah, know? I know. And I love the thing that uh, one of the, my favorite things was, you know, pretty much right at the top, sort of the end of the thing. The one thing that had the big crowd around it, where we almost, in fact, you and I kind of just walked right by it. Uh, was they have a Kurt Cobain guitar that he smashed on stage. Right, right, And they, right. I think they have the actual clip of him doing it. It was from one of his yeah, TV I think, yeah, it was, performances. They were showing it next Yeah, and they're it, showing yeah. it so you can watch the guitar, which is cool, you know. And then I, I lean over to Bill at one point, and everyone's, you know, we, we're not even looking at it, and I go, Bill, you know the, the, the shtick was with him is, you know, Kurt really liked his guitar. He's famous for smashing guitars, but he really liked his instruments. Right. Is he had these Mexican strats. So if you, go, if you don't know what, what you know, a uh, Fender Stratocaster, you can get a Mexican-made one. They're about 400 bucks, 500 bucks, And, you know, they're made in Mexico. They're not as, you know, the expensive ones will be 1500 but you get one for 500 bucks, And it's a nice guitar, but it's not like, you know... So Kurt Cobain would go on tour with 50 of these, and because they're fenders, you can take the neck off, so he'd smash the shit out of the neck, and the tech could put a neck on the next night. So for the last song, Kurt would switch to this cheap Mexican thing, and he'd smash the shit out of it, (laughs) and you'd have all these people, and you know, there's priceless multi-million dollar instruments in there. You know, the most famous, you know, the, the, the guitar that Sympathy for the Devil was played on. Springsteen's guitar is 10 feet away. People kind of walk right past that. For this Mexican $500 Cobain well, the, thing the, the one that he that smashed saw, every night. Though, yeah, but the one we saw was just smashed to pieces. It was smashed to pieces. I mean, even the body was shot. But when I, I went up and I just, I said, oh, let, me go, let me go make sure this is exactly what I think it is. And I look up and I see the serial number on that stock and it starts with MX. Yeah. It's MX123456789. It's a Mexican-made guitar. It starts yeah. with MX. That's hilarious. You know, but, the, <laughs> it, you know, it's famous because he smashed the shit out of it. And that's the thing about when you see some of those instruments, they're kind of pieces of shit. Some of them. You know, some of them are well, like, yeah, I surprising. can't believe how beautiful this thing is. And some of them are like, you know, what was the... I can't uh, believe they played that. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Beck's uh, telly. Yes. Holy shit. They beat the shit out of that thing. You'd look at that thing and go, if it wasn't Jeff Beck's... Like I said, I was surprised at the number of Epiphones, you know. Mm-hmm. You always hear about the yeah. Fenders and the well, Epiphones were were before Fender bought them and made them the budget line. Yeah, they were you know like that. Like I have an Epiphone right there, right? Which is like one of the more expensive Epiphones now. It's like seven hundred bucks. But back then, you know, like that guitar, if you get a sixties or a fifties version of that, it's worth thousands of dollars. Right? You know, you know, whatever. But yeah, Epiphones. The Beatles played Epiphones. Uh, yeah, and you could see John Lennon's Epiphone Casino in there from the rooftop concert. It's in there. A lot of cool stuff. A buddy of mine wanted to know if there was a, and I can't remember what he said. There was a, wanted to know if a certain mixing board was there. <sighs> they really only had one big mixer and that we looked at. Jimi Hendrix. It was a Jimi Hendrix, yeah, yes, but it for, wasn't his main, like. No, this was yeah. like for his home. Yeah, it was a 16-track. Yeah, and it was a homemade deal. I mean, there wasn't any kind of label on it, but you could tell, you know, that everything was, like, cobbled together. Yeah, you know? yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, some yeah. of the stuff didn't right. fit well. Yeah. But huge knobs, you know, old-school old, yeah. old school stuff. Right, yeah. Big-ass knobs. Yeah. And 
That was yeah, but it was great to see sixteen channels though. You know, which yeah. before it was sixteen. You know, the the original Beatles Abbey Road studio mixers ended up in the garbage. People pulled them out of the garbage because they you know they built their own stuff EMI. Oh yeah. So they built their own tubes and all that shit, and so their mixers were custom built for that studio. When what, who wanted this? You know these four track boards. Well, did you ever read the book, All You Need Is Ears? Yes, George okay. Martin's right, book. Yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah, book. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, Lenny Kravitz, I think, owns one of them, one of the original Beatles uh, Abbey Road mixers. A guy named Ethan Johns owns one. Do you know who Ethan Johns no. is? Yeah, who's he? You ever hear of a guy named Glenn Johns? Producer, engineer, did the Who, Rolling Stones, no. did Let It Be. I knew an actress named Glennis Johns. Well, Glenn Johns <laughs> was this famous guy. Ethan Johns is his son, and he has one of them. Too so okay. you know anyway, all right. So Rock Wall FM, go there. It's fun. It was a fun. Di- but again, we were in masks the whole time, and they were feeding us through this one way. Yeah, we had a kind of snaky path we had to follow. And the top floor was closed. Yeah, they said they were changing exhibits. I was like, there, all that. I go, all the stuff I'm missing must be on the very top. Yeah, maybe that. And they were like, and there. I talked to one of the guys there, and he's like, nope. Yeah. So they just changed some stuff, and of course they have their little. Uh, I think it's called the garage. Where they have all these instruments. And they're nice instruments, too, for the most part. And you can go in and play, and they have PAs and yeah. everything. That and that's all cool. closed. Yeah, that would have been and nice. that's all closed. That would have yeah, been, been fun. What a soft Martha could sing. <laughs> With you and I backing her. Which, oh, uh... I'm going to get so much grief. <laughs> I'm in deep shit. Oh, believe me, my girlfriend thinks she can play the drums. Oh, here you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, does she? No, but she does. She thinks she can play the drums. I said, well, you know. Maybe we'll go and it'll be open and you can sit there and you can try to play the drums. Well, have you been there? You've been there when it's been open, right? Yeah, but I don't think I ever would have done that stuff because I haven't been playing that long. But is it, there's got to be a line to go in there and I do would think that. there is, yeah, or you they know, might give you a time that's just or too something. Much, that's just too cool. Yeah, they had a couple different areas. Or so. schedule it or you rent it for 15 minutes yeah, or something know. like that. I don't know either. That's cool, though. Rock and Roll of Fame, go. Play It Loud is there, I think they said, till the end of the year. Yeah. So if you want to see all that stuff. Yeah, they stuff. extended it, right? Yeah, they extended it, I think, because the museum was closed because of COVID. But I'm, I may make another trip before the year's out. Who knows? It was a fun little day trip. And boy, you, you're not going anywhere doing anything fun otherwise. Sure. My yeah. girlfriend planned her vacation for uh, a couple weeks from now, and we literally were going to book Florida. This is back in, like, April, mm-hmm. May. You know, she'd ask for the time off, and we were pricing our flights and stuff. Well, no fucking way we'd go now with everything that's going on to Florida. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I yeah. just talked to a couple of people who went down there. Ugh. Are people know. not being as, you know, because we're pretty... In Michigan, you know, our outbreak hasn't been quite as bad as some places. I mean, you know, it's all relative. Yeah, but, I really didn't talk to them about that. You but, know, you know, how much do people wear masks? down is, there. Is or, stuff open? Because, yeah, yeah. you know, here, I think the bars are still supposed to be closed unless they're outside. Yeah. And I'm not even sure where that that's stands. That's fuzzy. I'll tell you what. I, yeah, it at, seems at, like a lot of people are just... At the Legion, uh, we got a thing about guidelines, and it was like, no... 30, 40 pages, yeah. and we're reading this stuff, and we're not understanding it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. You know, thanks to the attorneys, you know, it's impossible to get. So we, we're just doing, you know, we're just going to ask for forgiveness and stuff. <laughs> if somebody walks in and tries I to don't, correct this. I don't, and, and then, you know, restaurants, I mean, I've been to, I've had four or five sit-down meals, including you and I going to Culver's. Yeah. <laughs> off the off the yeah, turnpike. Where I learned about the butter burger. Yeah, I went to Culver's. Yep. Um but I mean I've only been to four and none of them have ever been busy. 
You know, I've been to yeah, some of these breakfast places. And I tried to get it out back people. one night, and Did it was you? like an okay. hour wait. Yeah, well, I... And you I, couldn't go to the bar and wait. Yeah, you yeah. You know, none of that. You right. had to go outside. And, well, this is bullshit. But after Corey's Memorial, we went to Buddy's Pizza. Yeah, that was... Which usually on a Saturday afternoon or whatever would have been would have been packed. Yeah. There's nobody in there. Well, yeah. Well, people, you know, some people are afraid, yeah. number one. Number two, people don't want the hassle of having to wait in line. Right. You were talking about possibly going to Frankenmuth. Yes, you that's, ex- uh, that's a possibility. You want to explain to the folks what Frankenmuth is all about? <laughs> it's a little want? tourist town, which is like fake Germany. Yes. So you go there, and you go, and you buy, uh, you know... It's about two hours north of Detroit. Two hours north of Detroit. Middle of Michigan. And you go there, there's... It's known for a place called Bronner's, which is the world's. It's Christmas every day. World's largest Christmas. Sh- giant store full of Christmas shit. I know. And I, that just really offends me. I went by it the other day, yeah. you know, a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it's time to take those decorations down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's August, for Christ's sake. And they still got the decorations up. <laughs> I used to do that. I know. I know. That's just how you just stole it from my. Yeah, I know. I just. I believe you. me. It's not. It's. It's fine. I, I would just burn you. I was like, I go. When? When are they going to take? We drove by Bronner's. When are they taking their shit down? Come on. But it's a little. It's July. They set it up like a little Bavarian town, yeah. you know. Yeah, and they it's got a couple these of blocks. Two competing restaurants, and this is the yeah. hottest thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> they got. Uh, they got. Um, uh, what are the name of the two restaurants? There's Zenders. Zenders and what's the, the other The Bavarian one? Inn. And Bavarian Inn, yes. which is actually owned by relatives to they, each other. They're related, but they're no longer business. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Partners. And their they're claim to fame. Are you ready for this? And the places are packed every weekend, yeah. folks. Trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, got, you can't get into the damn place. The world famous fried chicken. <laughs> Now, yeah, I don't know how many ways you can make chicken. You'll have to ask the colonel. Yes. I don't know. Yes. But that's a, as a matter of fact, I was driving back from North Carolina once. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, 10 minutes out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And here's a billboard. Yeah. Visit, you know, Zenders and yeah. Frankenmuth, world famous <laughs> fried chicken. And I thought, who in the hell would yeah. say, let's put a billboard here. And somebody's yeah. going to go, you know what? That sounds like a good idea. They must figure people are driving World from the Carolinas famous to fried Traverse City or somewhere, and they're going to catch them on the way. And but if you do like German food, and I do, and that's what I get. I always, oh, do you? I get the sampler platter with the you know the things you can't normally get, like sauerbrat and that kind of stuff. And that's at Bavarian Inn either or one, one of those? Either yeah, one. Okay, they, so. they got a German sampler platter. Yeah. So I get that because chicken is chicken. Come on, folks. I know. It's fine. And I'm sure if we do go to Frankenmuth, we will be dining at one of those places. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I don't know. She wants to shop, so that's the thing. Yeah, well, they got a bunch of shops. You go to so. the outlets, and then you go up to Frankenmuth, and, and yep. you buy knickknacks yep. and cheese. Get some cheese and sausage. and That's it. You know. Yeah, call it a day. Cheese will, will block you up, and the sausage will push it through <laughs> for you. So we'll see if we do that in, in, in vacation, because we, we were just looking for something fun to do, and God... You just can't even do it. Yeah. You know, you know, you, she goes, well, let's stay, let's stay on the beach somewhere. I was going to go to Colorado and visit my daughter this summer. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. off the map now. She goes, let's go to the beach somewhere. I said, all right. So I look up Traverse City hotels on the beach, 300 bucks a night. I said, well, fuck, for 300 bucks a night, we'll go to Florida and stay at one of their hotels. Right. You know, I don't go to Traverse City. Anyway. Yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Anyway, let's move on. Let's see what else we got to do here. Movie and TV stuff, I guess. That's what we're up to. Wow, already. I guess. What else is going on? Well, well, let's talk about comedy a little bit because, right. you know, we haven't, and, and, and you know, I, I've mentioned, uh, you know, 
Uh, we haven't even talked about COVID much with Corey passing away and everything. But, you know, um, you did an outdoor show. Yes. Was that your first show of the pandemic? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. But it went well for you, you and, told and, me. But I struggled did to, you? to remember shit. Oh, okay. And, of course, I'm driving home going, oh, yeah. I forgot. Oh, man. Well, you know, it's March 18th was my last show. Okay, yeah. And I don't know where you fall in politics, folks, but, you know, now that they're paying gig workers, and mm-hmm. that's us, right? Yeah. Uh, and they've never paid gig workers for unemployment in their yes. entire life, yeah. you know, self-employed people. And now the money's dried up, and now they're fighting over yes. whether or not yes. we're going to get 400 bucks instead of yes. 600 What a bunch of God forbid bullshit. they give people an extra 200 a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's going to that's gonna make or break yeah. the bank, I'm sure. So uh, that's kind of really ticking me off. Yeah, that's a thing there. Um, but clubs, I mean, there are clubs that are open in the country. Yes. Michigan does not have any clubs open. Um, I know one of the Cleveland clubs is open just because I have friends that are playing there. Um, I'm sure they're doing it at half capacity and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. my argument is if you own a cause, same thing with the restaurants, I guess, is like if you got to be half capacity, how are you making money? Well, I've because, had a couple of offers, yeah. okay, from an agency, mm-hmm. and at half the money. Okay, yeah. So and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. wow. And they said, well, it's half capacity. It's yeah. all they can afford. Right. You know, I mean, if they can't. So it's really going to suck for a long time. Yeah, I don't know where I see, you know, the Comedy Castle where I'm employed is still closed. And, you know, they haven't said, you know, they want to reopen. I've talked to Mark Ridley about this. He wants to reopen. But, you know, number one, you legally can't. And then when they will legally allow the Comedy Castle to open, they're probably going to say you can have 100 people in there. Right. In a giant building that so would normally see 400. here's what Mark does then. What does he do? You just book a lot of crappy acts that aren't draws. Okay. You're all, right. We're only going to get a maximum 100 people. Okay. You give the guy, you know, half of the yeah, normal right. money, and you know, at least you're open and selling drinks. You so know? you have a couple shitty acts. What week are you and I playing there? Yeah, that'll yeah, be, yeah. We'll be there January 12th and 13th. No, you'll be playing there, and I'll be seating the people. That'll be what will be But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... And I know, and, and that's the other thing when I see these shows, these outdoor shows, the drive-ins and that, and you did them, and this is no disrespect to you, and I, so I'm surprised that you even did one, but like, these lineups are not good. You know, they, they, I see the people at these shows, and, and you know, I know some of you are listening. These are not great lineups of comedy. Well, because, they, they, you, know, they, you know, a, a comic worth his salt really wouldn't do it wouldn't, under yeah. normal circumstances, yeah. okay? Right. Unless, and come on, you know, folks, look, I'll be honest, I'm in it for the money. Sure. And so the outdoor ones I've done have paid well. That's, that's good. why I did it. Right. But as a venue, it sucks. And especially with the COVID, because mm-hmm. they had everybody spaced so far out. You know, I had 100 people, but they were spread over almost like 75 yards. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, number one, you really don't get any feedback. Yes. Uh, number two, uh, you know, an audience likes... Uh, they like hearing other people laugh also, mm-hmm. and you're not getting any of that yeah. response. You yeah. know, they're not in, you know, that's why you go to a movie. So it's a shared experience. Yeah. And when you're sitting, you know, 20 feet away from everybody, you know, yeah, your own it, self, you know, then you don't have that shared yeah. experience. And it's just, it, it sucks. Because I feel like pre-pandemic, if you said, well, we've got a little band shell or a gazebo in a park and we want you to come do it, I would say, all right, well, I need twice of the money that I normally get to do a thing like that because it's going to suck. Yeah. And now it's like half the money 
to do, you know, at least in some cases, maybe yeah. not in the thing you did. And it's like, you know, the, it sucks. I mean, I'm, I look, I'm anything's, you know, money talks and, you know, whatever, but I can't see myself doing any of these ever. Well, I can't. I mean, I, I'm not saying I won't. Like, yeah, I'm I've not worked, saying don't call me. I've worked but, for this you know, lady before, yeah. and she's got, and she, it, it paid just fine. Okay. But she's got a couple of theaters that she owns in Marine City. Mm-hmm. I did uh, New Year's there uh, a couple years ago. Yeah, you know, so she does have, and so she's just trying to keep things going, and she kind of gets it. You know, she understands. So okay, but so much for outdoors. Yeah, outdoors to me isn't happening, and you know, look, it's still August. <laughs> I see through September these things going on. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen in October if anyone's going to want to be sitting outside on a Saturday night when it's, you know, 50 degrees out. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that happening. Boy, thank God I don't own a haunted house anymore. Ugh. Those guys are going to suffer. I mean, we ever have comedy by bonfire? Is that a thing that could. I don't, I don't know. Comedy by bonfire. <laughs> Throw him in. He sucks. <laughs> I should throw their axe in. Burn them. <laughs> Take your notebook yeah, and add it yeah. to the fire. At the Hand end of the me set. that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. We got TV, movie stuff. We like to give you these. And since I haven't given you, I, you know, I've, I used to be really diligent about making my list and keeping it because the next show I do, I'm going to tell you everything I've been watching. But I don't think I've done these in at least two months now. So I kind of. Did some highlights here, so I don't know. You got anything? And plus, you had to kind of bone up on everything because of Corey. Well, know, sure, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. When yeah. it comes to TV and movies, you yeah. had to be on your toes. Yeah, because this guy, he knew everything from the he time did. TV was invented. And I would to recommend today. stuff to him and whatever. And I would also, you know, that's the thing. And and still, I'm getting used to is not having him like. You know, I'd see a movie and I'd call him the next day and go, hey, did you see this thing? You should go see that. It was really good. Oh, I got to tell you, one more thing, one more comedy thing before we get into talk about I'm in it for the money. (laughs) I I had to do a rally up near Frankenmuth, as a matter of fact, in a town called Vassar, which is north of there. Yeah. And they wanted somebody to impersonate Trump. Oh, did I tell you about this? Yes. yes. I've, I've heard a little bit privately, Yes, but I was also told that that was not for the air. No. And, of course, being the broadcaster professional that I am, yep. I did not bring it up. Well, I'm, And I'm, here you've now blown it up. I'm, okay. I'm bringing it up. <laughs> so you're impersonating Trump. Yes. And uh, it, was, it was, you know, and that, and that was something I wouldn't normally do. Right. But I hadn't done anything in so long. Okay. I was just so desperate to get on stage, and yeah. I didn't have to get up and be funny. Okay, I just want, wanted somebody to. And you know, folks, I'm totally bald with a goatee. <laughs> so here's what I had to do. I and I told the lady, "This is going to cost you, yeah, because I'm going to have to shave this goatee that I've had for 30 <laughs> years. I'm going to have to shave that off. I'm going to have to spend some money on some, a wig because I'm totally bald. Yeah, you know. So I'm going to have. I don't own a tie. Okay, a tie. I went to. Coles for the it set me back forty bucks. Yeah. I, I haven't bought a tie in thirty years. <laughs> you know, and I'm already a hundred bucks into this gig with the with the yeah. with the mega hat and the hair and so, you know why, and, the, and the thing. Did and, you have to buy a specific? Is there a Trump wig you can buy? No, or is you know, it? They said there was. Yeah, but uh, I went to the store. No, there really wasn't. So I ended up with just this red wig that we combed into. Okay, you know, yeah. I got it in the car. I was going to wear it up to your porch when I oh, came with, a, with the hat, but I thought, no, that's over the top. But uh, but all I had to do really was just introduce some people. 
Okay, I didn't yeah. have to be funny or anything like that. And then I took. But did you try to do the voice or anything? No, the mannerisms? No, 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 no. Well, I, you know, they wanted me to take pictures afterwards. Oh, okay. So yeah. I stuck out the bottom lip and did the thumbs up. <laughs> and they loved it. They ate that shit up. Okay. But the check cleared. Thank you. But this is a, this is a collection of Republicans, though. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, okay. Farmers. Oh. This was Farmers for Trump. Oh. That's what it farmers was. Farmers for Trump. And we were in, and, tr- and trust me, we were in this barn. You can call it a barn, okay? <laughs> but it was, it was a. What else would I call it? It was a three, uh, it sat 300 people. That's oh. how big this thing was. Air conditioned. What do they normally do in the barn? Windows. And it's, they store equipment. Oh, okay. It was nice. I mean, it was yeah. brand new. It All was, right. you know, nice cement. It wasn't a barn <laughs> barn. This was a, what they call an outbuilding. <laughs> Who books that? That's what but I'm it, asking you. <laughs> but it was huge. And this farmer, you know, he farms 7,500 acres. Okay. So these weren't the poor farmers that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. has a little patch of, mm-hmm. you know, selling that corn by the street, yeah. you know, and her free right. zucchini and, you know, stuff like that. These guys had some cash. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's a gig, man. It was a gig. It is a gig. Hey, look, a gig's a gig. You know, I posted that on Facebook once. <laughs> you know, if I go in front of these one of these Liberty Tax places dressed up as the Statue of Liberty, yeah. is that considered a gig? Yeah. <laughs> you could, I mean, Can I put it in the resume? I mean, I, hey, look, <laughs> hey, look. If if we were not sitting here today, I would have been at the gathering of the Juggalos doing that. Sure. As Upchuck the Clown. There you so go. there you go. Yeah. That that's a gig uh, that yeah. only a pandemic could end the gathering of the juggalos. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time in I think seventeen years I went straight. It's mm-hmm. the first break on wow. that. Yeah, but we'll be back, I'm assuming. I'm hoping okay. at some point. I mean, who knows? Well, you know, the Russians just came up with a vaccine. Oh yeah, well that one seems trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> like Gary George says, it's made from vodka. <laughs> and unicorn tears. <laughs> and I posted, you asshole, unicorns don't cry. <laughs> I have signed up for every um, group test vaccine. Seriously? Yeah. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> Am I? Yes. Why? Well, because you don't know what that shit's going to do to yeah, you. What if down I get vaccinated? That's all right. Then I don't get COVID. Yeah, and then die. two years later, your left nut falls off because of some <laughs> problem with the vaccine. <laughs> You're crazy. No, no, no. I thought I'm doing my part. I want my audience to know that I am trying to do my part to solve the COVID-19 pandemic. Then buy a microscope and get a chemistry <laughs> set. <laughs> do that. Don't put yourself at risk. You no, I, I put myself at risk to look at Keith Richards' guitar last week. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to put... No, but I did that. Henry Ford uh, in Detroit is doing a major study, oh, and I'm volunteering for these things. And guess what? It's like comedy. I can't get booked. I can't. <laughs> you signed up, and they're not calling you? They're not calling <laughs> <laughs> Wow. That sucks. <laughs> I can't even get... I and I go, and I go, look. I guess because I'm not a minority and maybe because I'm not that much overweight. They're not. I don't know why they're not taking me, but they're not taking me. Well, that's hilarious. Isn't that great? Wow. Imagine that rejection. Well, I didn't get the Statue of Liberty gig either. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my life sucks. I mean, I, it's like I couldn't. What's the old line? Uh, couldn't get laid in a women's prison with a pocket full of pardons that's or something. Right, you know, yeah. that's I can't I, get luck in a whorehouse with a fistful of fifties. Yeah, you know, I, you know <laughs> I, that's exactly how I feel. I'm like, yeah. you're testing a vaccine that I'm willing to take, and they're like, nah, we're gonna go with <laughs> we're gonna go with this other guy. Thank yeah, you though. Yeah. No, you know, so, you know, thanks for coming. In. Don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs>
<laughs> Maybe I gotta update my headshot. Is that what it is? Is that the thing? Yeah, oh, I know it's God. in black and white, but please, I have. <laughs> but they won't take me. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I well, what the fuck? When did you sign up? A couple weeks ago. I'll give it time. I mean, there was a. But I'm on the news, and they're like, "We need people to be in I the know. study." Well, okay, they, oh, don't get the other guys will die off, and they'll come to you, <laughs> or they'll lose their left nut, and you'll be next in line. <laughs> We got to cure this left nut problem. I hey, mean, Joel, I, come on I, in. I, look, <laughs> I thought it was the right thing to do. I told my girl, I said, you know, by the way, I signed up for. See, why the fuck would you do that? That's what she said. I said, well, you know, I'm not working. I'm sitting at home collecting on. It's the least I could do to help society. Donate sperm. Okay. <laughs> Plasma. Anything. Gosh darn it. Cut your hair and give it to a wig uh, manufacturer. They will not take me. They will not (laughs) test the vaccine on me. Nope. Don't need you. Not at all. You are not needed to test our vaccine. They looked at you and said he deserves to get sick. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get into TV. What are you watching? Are you watching anything on TV? Yeah, I am. I am. What Uh, do you got? Tell us. Stream it. Whatever. I I, I think I I mentioned this before about uh, Bosch. Bosch, I don't know. But Uh, yeah, it's a it's a a detective guy. Sure. You know, and uh, I think my folks watch that. Yeah. All right. Well, excuse a little older that Bosch. Yeah. But uh, Goliath. Yes. However, is marvelous. Yes, you, you were telling because we were talking about that on our trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Goliath I, with Billy Bob, Bob Thornton. Thornton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's uh, the writing is is sharp. He's great, of course. Okay, but the the script is you know, the dialogue, everything is just. Uh, What's it about roughly? What's it? He, he's a he's a drunken lawyer. Okay, and uh, you know he takes on uh, these hardship cases. Okay. You know, and of course they call it Goliath because you know he's just this little guy working yeah. out of a hotel room, a motel room of okay. all things, next to a bar that he's in constantly. <laughs> okay. And and uh, you know he goes against these big corporations, yeah. and you know, and, and he uh, you know gives him a real hard time. Okay. I mean, I don't want to be a spoiler on any of this shit, but there's three seasons. Okay. And each season is a different thing that he takes. And on. it's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. The last season was the best. Yeah. But you know, it's, he, you know, this lady comes and talks to him. And he has his appointments at the bar. Okay. You know, and this lady wants to hire him, and of course, he's sipping away on this hard yeah. shit. You know, and she says to him, she goes, "You know, you drink too much." Yeah. And he goes, "No, I drink the right amount." <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's stuff like that, just clever dialogue. It sounds you know? like something you could relate to. No, and, and I did. I said, "You know, I'm going to have to remember that line." Yeah, Billy Bob's good. I was telling you about Fargo, which. You know, they they put all the seasons of Fargo up on FX now. i got to remember that. Uh, so, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, on Hulu, because Disney bought FX and Disney owns Hulu, so now all the FX stuff's on Hulu. And I really was being, I, I liked uh, the Fargo movie, of course, that the Coen brothers made, and they've made now three seasons of this Fargo show. And they're all different stories. They're all crime stories. The yeah. first season... I haven't subscribed to it yet. Yeah, and if, if you uh, get it, season one is... Similar to the movie in ways, takes place in kind of the same yeah. area as a lady, sheriff's detective and all that. And uh, But Billy Bob is the hitman in that. Cool. And he's awesome. All right. And so that season's great. And then season two... I can get on Martha's account. ...is really good. Yeah, get watch the... I mean, uh, I haven't watched season three, and season four is coming out in the fall. Uh, so I got to catch up on that. But I watched the first two seasons uh, while I've been sitting at home doing nothing, and it's awesome. So. And by the way, the last time I was here... yeah. I was bitching about audio. 
Oh, okay. Okay. My audio? Uh, no, no, no. The audio on <laughs> movies where, you, you know, everybody's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. mumbling, they're yeah, whispering. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, are they whispering, you got sound effects or music going mm-hmm. on in the background, which just compounds the problem. Sure. And I had mentioned, you know, I think a lot of what's happening is, you know, these audio guys, they got headphones on and they can hear this shit clearly, yeah, yeah. you know? And uh, they don't realize that, you know, when it's coming through a TV speaker, it's going to lose something. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend that was asked me if I saw this particular mixing board at the Hall of Fame, who's mm-hmm. been an audio engineer for years, you know, in radio, yeah. and then he went into post-production, mm-hmm. and he did video games, okay. you know, sound effects for that and okay. stuff, and um, he heard the podcast, Oh, okay. and he calls me up, and he says, no, he says, here's the problem. He goes, you're listening to this stuff in stereo, right? Okay. And I go, yeah, and he says, a lot of these things, that even though they go right to Amazon, you know, or Hulu or whatever. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is mixed for the movie theaters. Sure. And so it's in a surround format. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you boil that down, shit tends to get lost. It's all fighting for that center. Yeah, Yeah, but they mix it for the movie theaters where it's not a problem. Yeah, because you have speakers that are just doing the dialogue at that point. Yes, exactly. So that's part of the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Mostly. I have that. A correction. I have a surround sound system. Yeah. And as you can see, if you look around here. Oh, yeah. Nice. And sometimes I still can't understand. I said this to my girlfriend. I said that the other reason I think sometimes you can't understand what's going on is they're using, when a character's speaking, they cut away. And so you can't see, see their, their mouth, mouth moving. Yeah, that's part of and it. then you go, what did they say? And sometimes it's on purpose because they actually added that line in post and they don't oh, yeah, have yeah. the actor There's saying that. and so they loop it in. Right. And so and then it's and then it gets really well without that visual thing of seeing somebody speak, sometimes it's hard to understand. And since what you mentioned last well. time about people walking into focus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing that all the time now. <laughs> now that you've no, you mentioned it. Yeah. Have you seen my negative look space thing, though? You know what I'm talking about? Where they're really at one side of the screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. off the screen, and sure, they get yeah. all this dead space behind yeah. them? Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a, a film that. school thing. Uh, so Fargo is real good. If you want to watch that, that's cool. Uh, we watched a show called Search Party, me and my girlfriend. This is the, they, the third season just debuted on HBO Max. And... Uh, it's 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 a bunch of hipster kids. The season one of this, which was originally on TBS, they're streaming the third season on uh, HBO Max. A bunch of hipster kids try to find a missing woman. That's season one. And I won't go into what the other seasons are about because it all kind of flows from season one. But it's pretty funny. I don't know. My girlfriend. I got to find stuff for the girlfriend to like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, anything with like, here's what my girlfriend likes. Anything like this. Uh, anything that takes place in high school. Or possibly college. Anything with, like, a bunch of girls doing stuff. You know, like a, a so female. She'd like, she'd like Hannah. We watch Hannah. Okay, Hannah's so, real good. You well, watch you Hannah? Go. I got kind of into it, but this thing about young girls being, you know, ninjas assassins. and assassins. And, yeah, that was they were kind built of a in a laboratory. I'll go built. back to it. Yeah, Hannah season one was really good. We're, we're not all the way through season two, yeah, but go that's back good. To it. But, yeah, so it's like stuff like that. So Search Party is... You know, this girl, and she has her friends, and the one gay guy, and they and her boyfriend, and all these people. And they try to solve this missing person, and it takes place in Brooklyn and all this stuff. So that's pretty good. I don't know. It, it's not the funniest thing you'll ever see, but it held my attention. The mystery is actually pretty good in that. So uh, I'm recommending Search Party. Uh, we watched Surviving Jeffrey Epstein, The Last Two Nights. Okay. So Lifetime. 
which is the greatest channel on all of cable if you don't have Lifetime. <laughs> the thing about Lifetime is they do stuff like Surviving R. Kelly, where all of the victims of R. Kelly sit down and they do this documentary. Really? And now they've done Surviving Jeffrey Epstein. Really? And of course, in, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the guy with the island, you know, I have to tell you, you know, died yeah. in prison. Right, right, right. Of course, in between, you know, the, the, you know, the commercials, you know, they have the ads for what's going to be on Lifetime this weekend. My dangerous stepmother, you know, (laughs) the sister-in-law from hell, the Lifetime movie event coming up this weekend. It's like, God, women are watching the biggest piles of shit. (laughs) What the fuck? You know what Martha likes to watch? What's that? Anything I want to watch. Oh, <laughs> well, you got a good thing. <laughs> Believe me, my girlfriend says to me sometimes, she goes, I said, well, what do you want to watch tonight? She goes, it doesn't matter. I really don't have say in it anyway. And I go, no, that's not how this works. How this works is I go out and I find out what shows people are talking about. Yeah. So then I think that they're good, and then we'll watch them together. That's right. It's not like I'm picking these shows necessarily. Mm -hmm. I'm watching shows that people say are good. So anyway, Surviving Jeffrey Epstein was okay. There's also a Netflix thing on Jeffrey Epstein. They're pretty similar in quality. I I wouldn't, you know, if you saw the Netflix one, you probably don't need to see the Lifetime one. But the Lifetime one was good for what it was. He was a complete scumbag. I mean, there's no... People want to implicate all these celebrities, and he was flying around all these guys. And while there's a handful of guys that you can pretty much be sure were hanging out with them, like Prince Andrew right. yeah. and all these, you know, there's a lot of speculative stuff about, you know, uh, Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Yeah, they tried and to Diddy pull Clinton, Clinton into that. Too, yeah, really. and it's there's really no smoking gun on this. And I think some people, as bad of a guy as Jeffrey Epstein was, you know, people have this in their own mind, have this conspiracy theory that all rich and powerful guys are having sex with 14 year old girls. And I don't know if I buy that. Well, if I, I mean, was he rich was and powerful. He was. I'd bump it up to 17. <laughs> but if you watch the Jeffrey Epstein, any of the documentaries about him, you'll see that he does groom these girls out of high school. You know, he got he was living in West Palm Beach or you know Palm Beach, and he was getting the girls from West Palm Beach that lived in trailers to come over, give him a massage, pulled his pants down. That was his M.O. Hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, when you say. Everybody that's, you know, because some people want to say, you know, what happened is the coronavirus is just to cover. Because all of these world leaders were going to go down because of their connections to Epstein. So they came up with the coronavirus. It was built in a lab by Bill Gates because he didn't want to go down. And, you know, Tom Hanks was one of the first guys to get it because Tom Hanks was connected. You know, it's this whole crazy bullshit. And wow. I go, yeah, you can, you can read all this stuff oh, if you want, Bill. crazy. But... You know, I don't know. I don't know how deep Epstein's look. Epstein clearly was a deplorable human being um, who, you know, had every reason to kill himself in jail. And so he probably did. But, um, you know, I don't know that anybody can connect all of these, you know, yeah. every the, the Illuminati and all this stuff to him. Yeah, I'm not much for yeah. the conspiracy thing. Uh, anything else on TV before we go to movies? Yeah, uh, yeah, movie uh, yeah. Um, I'm watching uh, Absentia. Oh, I don't know what and, that is. That's uh, and I can't remember if that's uh, uh, Amazon or if that's uh, Peacock. Okay, but uh, it's. Uh, it's an FBI 
okay. thing where they're you know hunting bad guys. But the uh, the woman that and it's called absentia was she was missing for six years. She's an FBI agent. Okay, and of course her f- husband assumes she's dead, so he gets remarried and shit like that. Oh. And all of a sudden she shows up. Oh, you know he gets a phone call and the voice tells him where to find her, mm-hmm. and he goes and rescues her. And so the first season is trying to unravel what the hell happened to okay. her and why. Oh. But the subsequent seasons all kind of go back to that as, you you know, yeah. it's all kind of tied together. Well, it's like somehow. that search party, it all kind of ties into yeah. the first season. Yeah, right? but it's it's well done. It's a little yeah. slow at times. Yeah, sure. You know, it's, you know uh, the one I'm really into now, though, and I think my favorite so far, even though I really liked Bosch, yeah. is uh, Yellowstone. I haven't seen Yellowstone. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, and regardless how you feel about, uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, gosh. Now I can't think of his name. <laughs> what do you do? I just want to say Randy Quaid. Uh, Waterworld. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner. Ke- Kevin Costner. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's well done. It moves along. Well, what's the basic There's premise? Fighting fucking in it, though. Well, he's a modern-day rancher okay. in Montana. Huge ranch. He's famous, and uh, it's just the trials and tribulations of a guy that's got a lot of money, and he's you know always at war with the Indians because he's on their ancient land, and he's at war with them today. People, people are well, not physically at war with them, but you know, yeah, all okay. this political stuff. Yeah. People are always just uh, trying to screw with him, you know, because he's just this. He's in charge of everything, you know, in, in this one area of right. Montana. Yeah, and uh, but it's it's well done. There's a lot of if you like fighting and fucking, there's a bunch of them. All right. In, in this. But it, it, it's, it's the more the better. But you know, these are basically cowboys set in a modern day modern thing. cowboy it's, tale. Yeah, okay. Stories about some of his ranch hands. And yeah, the I've heard that's that a big. Into. That's a big hit. That's on cable, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good channel. But yeah, okay. All right, let's get into movies here. There's some stuff you can stream. <laughs> this is all stuff you can stream. Some of it's on services. Some of it you got to rent. Uh, let's start with, I think, maybe the best thing for my audience is uh, Irresistible with Steve Carell. Did you know about this movie? No. Okay. So John Stewart directed it, John Stewart from The Daily Show. And it's about uh, a uh, sort of a Washington insider political. Um, imagine, I'm trying to think of who would be the guy. James Carvel type, you know, these political insiders, campaign guys, strategists, Steve Bannon type guys. Right. And he gets involved in this small town. I forget. It's in Wisconsin, I think, where this small town guy stands up to City Hall and the video goes viral. And Steve Carell sees him and says, we should make him have him run for office. So he flies out of Washington and goes to this little town in Wisconsin and tries to help this guy become the mayor. And Chris Cooper's the actor that plays the small you know, town. That sounds a lot guy. like, though. Yeah, what's that? What was that movie that had uh, Gene Hackman and uh, what's his name from Everybody Loves Raymond? Um, Raymond? Yeah, Raymond. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. Ray Romano. Yeah, and Gene Hackman. Moose Town or Gene, whatever. What was the name of that? Yeah, uh, something like Welcome that. Welcome to Gene, Mooseville or yeah, something. Gene like Hackman had been okay. president or something, and, yeah. and, and he's going to run for mayor, and this guy runs against him. Okay. And, it's kind of like that, I okay. guess. I never saw that movie, but it's All a right. lot of political, you know, thing. Rose Byrne is his political rival, and you've got the fish out of water thing. You've got the the, the Washington big money guy in a small town. Now, is this funny? Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's okay. why I'm recommending it, because, right. you know, you see a lot of these movies that Steve Carell does, and you're kind of like, ooh. 
I don't know. Well, that's, but, you why, know, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, so this one, it's it's pretty funny. Uh, and it has, you know, it has political intrigue. I it gave has up on him after twist. the 40-year-old version. No, I, I, I gave up. It was like his first big movie. <laughs> but look, if you, if you like Carell on The Office, I think you'll find something to enjoy in Irresistible. You can rent this. Uh, you know, right. I mean, look, the problem is that they're taking a lot of the big movies that would have been in theaters, and this was one of them, and they're not even putting them out because well, they say, so they put this one out to rent. No, I've been waiting for the new Bond watching. movie. I'm waiting yeah, for the, the new Bond, Bond movie. movie. They've stalled knows? that forever Who knows? Now. Tenet, who knows? Yeah. They said now that this Mulan, uh, the Disney movie, okay. it's going to be 30 bucks to rent it at home. Oh, jeez. Fuck that. All right. Anyway, yeah, but okay. Irresistible, you can rent that. It's, you know, it's cheap. It's five, six bucks. It's worth watching. It's funny. All right, what do you got? You got any movies? No, no. All right, well, no. let me move on yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead. All right, here's one on Hulu that, again, comedy. Uh, and, and halfway, you know, this one I liked. Uh, not as much as Irresistible, but it's called Palm Springs with Andy Samberg from Saturday Night Live. Um, the plot is he goes to Palm Springs for a wedding. And somehow, and Andy Samberg's, you know, this slacker guy. You know, Hawaiian shirt and board shorts at a fancy wedding kind of guy. And it ends up, it's Groundhog Day. Oh. Every day he wakes up, it's the same day over and over. Okay. And it's very similar to Groundhog Day in that he needs to try to figure out. And, of course, he knows what everybody's routine is. Yeah, I saw so you get all of those gags this. out of it. Yep. Um, the girl that ends up, she's in the wedding party and ends up romancing her. He's there with his girlfriend. And then, of course, he, because why, why not? You're going to wake up and every day is the same. Ends up trying to screw some of the other women at the wedding. So he ends up with this, this woman, uh, Kristen Maliotti is her name. She was on How I Met Your Mother. She was the mother. She was on the later seasons of that. She's on season two of Fargo. But anyway, she's awesome in this movie as his love interest. She's really good. Um, and, you know, they try to figure out, you know, how they can get out of this time loop. And it turns out, without ruining too much of it, um, your knowledge... The thing, your actions reset, but your knowledge does not. So you can learn anything you want because you have an unlimited, you don't age, you have an unlimited amount of time. You know, even if you drive far away, you will still end up back in Palm Springs. So they figure out physics and how to get out of the time loop. Uh, And it's sort of, it's a romance comedy. It's okay. You know, I, people liked it more than I did uh, because I I think Andy Samberg kind of sucks, but. This was okay. Don't know much about it. It's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, you could do worse. Um, What else? Oh, I also saw King of Staten Island. That's another thing you can rent. Do you know that movie? Yeah, you know, I've heard of it. I've seen trailers for a lot of this. Yeah, it's, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, From another SNL guy. Yeah, I saw the trailers. I wasn't real interested. Yeah, this, it's, 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 uh, speaking of, um, it's Judd Apatow, speaking of 40-year-old virgin, okay. who directed this. And I, I love Judd. I think Judd is a very reliable... It's Pete Davidson is the guy uh, that stars as the king of Staten Island. Uh, it's sort of his based-on-true-life sort of events. His dad was a firefighter, firefighter who was killed in the line of duty, and he's this young man who's kind of uh, meandering through life. And, uh, you know, his wife, his uh, mom is played by Marissa Tomei, and he has no direction. He hangs out with his buddies and smokes pot. He has a girlfriend. Uh, he gets befriended by Bill Burr, who's a firefighter who ends up dating his mom. Bill Burr's good in it. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I found this movie to be kind of a bore. 
I'm not recommending King of Staten Island. Yeah, Save you your money on that. Yeah, one. When Maybe I saw it'll the trailer. Stream. I thought no. But I love Judd Apatow. It's 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 his worst movie. And look, there's people that didn't like Funny People, which I thought was pretty good with Adam Sandler. And people didn't like, uh, you know, This Is Forty and some of his other movies. Trainwreck, most people liked. Um, but this one, yeah, King of Staten Island, you can skip. Okay. Just didn't make me laugh. Pretty boring. Um, here's a, I'm not a horror movie guy, but and I but I read so much. People are talking about Host, which is on the Shutter service. Shutter is a horror movie streaming service. Oh, so if you get that or you get the trial of it, you can watch Host. Host is less than an hour, and uh, here's the premise of Host: a lady. A girl, young girl, you know, 20-something girl, invites all of her friends to a Zoom meeting. And at the Zoom meeting, they're going to do a virtual seance. Oh, jeez. So they have a psychic lady yeah. that joins the Zoom meeting, and then there's five women and one guy, and they have this virtual seance. So they all light candles, and they're all drinking wine, and this lady's doing the seance. And you're watching, and you're watching five little windows on your TV, just like you're part of the Zoom meeting, and weird shit starts to happen. And it's good. Now, what a way to produce a movie. No, it's I got an idea for uh, a movie. We don't have to build any sets. (laughs) We don't have to do anything. The whole thing happens on a computer. What do you say? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's just like Blair Witch. It's all handheld shit. It is. It's similar to Blair Witch. It's similar to those paranormal activity movies. Yeah. I enjoyed this more than any of those. I saw some of the paranormal activity movies and didn't really like them. Didn't care for Blair Witch. It's on Shudder? It's on Shudder. Now, look, if you don't want to get Shudder and you have a more nefarious way to get the movie, you can get it that way, too. I'm not telling you how. Well, you, said, you said there might be a f- free trial on. Yeah, you can probably get a free trial of Shutter. Okay, you can get it on any of your apps. You know, it's an app. Okay, uh, it's less than an hour long, and and boy, me and my girlfriend watched it. and We were jumping. It was good. I mean, for for a movie like that, where and, and you know, I was reading about oh, it. And sounds according... like it should be less than an hour. Well, <laughs> you know what? It's one of those things when you're looking at a Zoom meeting, an hour feels like a long time. Yeah. So you're you're happy that it's not. All right. Movies are too long, and this one isn't. But you know, I was reading about the director, and he's like, you know, without spoiling anything, there's special effects, and he goes, yeah, we had to have those actors actually rig some of the so it's really well done huh. i was i was shot i mean it's a gimmick for sure but they did it well so I, it's one of uh, really the best things i've seen in a while it's called host so you can watch that and then finally i'll end with this even though i'm sure i saw other movies and believe me i sit around watching you know woodstock documentaries and shit like that i'm not gonna talk about those necessarily on the air but i watched the six hour grateful dead documentary yeah on amazon if you want to know about their sound system, the wall, it's on there. You got that. Yeah. <laughs> Long Strange Trip, it's called. I, I wasted my... And I'm not even a deadhead. But I said, you know what? I'm in... You know, Well, we saw one of Jerry's uh, guitars. Yeah, they have In Cleveland. There. And I said, you know, I've been watching all this old Rolling Stone stuff. Let's watch a Grateful Dead thing. Maybe I've been wrong. Maybe I'm wrong and this is brilliant and I'll love it. Yeah. Uh, the music is not brilliant, and I don't love it. But the documentary is pretty That's good. That's cool. Okay. But anyway, um, I Used to Go Here is this new movie that they just put out. Again, you can rent this. Gillian Jacobs, who was on Community, she was in a show called Love on Netflix that Judd Apatow produced, which was really funny. She's the star. She's an, uh, an author, and uh, 
she get her new book comes out, her debut novel, and uh, they her home to her college that she went to. She's in Chicago. This college in Southern Illinois says, "We want you to come back and read your book to the students." So she goes back to college. So you have the story of girl in her thirties, mm-hmm. you know, author, published author, goes back to college, ends up hanging out with the college kids, the college professor who helped her. Uh, you know, she always had a crush on. It's played by uh, Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. If you know Flight no. of the Concords, no. it's a funny show. Uh, and so it's kind of it's it's all right. You know, it's not the worst thing. So she goes back to college. She ends up going back to the college house she lived in. So it's, meeting the college so it's kids. Just going back. It's kind of a girl who goes back. It's one of these deals where she reads chapters and the shit comes true. It's not no, no, no. Things. It's not like a sci-fi thing. It's <laughs> okay. it's a very light sort of coming of Brats. age thirties. You know, but it's like she goes back to college and you know she wished she could have slept with her professor. Well, now. She's this published author. Maybe she has a shot now. Yeah. Oh, but that you know, but that professor has a young student who he's got his eye on, mm-hmm. and then that young student's got a boyfriend who takes a shine to this girl writer. Boy, when I went and to it's college, this whole, a lot of yeah. that shit was going. Yeah. On. So there you go. Crazy. It's kind of the story. And I thought the college kids were really funny. They're more unknown. There's a girl named uh, Hannah Marks who was in a movie called Banana Split that I recommended. Back at the beginning of the pandemic, which I thought was funny. And she's uh, pretty good in this. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I've seen better stuff. Like I said, the, the show Love with Gillian Jacobs is better. Certainly Jermaine Clement uh, is great on Flight of the Concords. He's fine in this. Uh, but it's, it's, it's nobody's best work, but it was okay. I used to go here. It's That's funny, it's you know, when I turn this stuff on and I start watching a scene, let's say, you know, I, I just opened a beer, went to the fridge or something, and I yeah. haven't looked at the TV yet, and I sit down, and there's a scene with several people in it, and just for a half a second, I yeah. think to myself, they're not wearing masks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm so, yeah. You're so used to seeing people with right. masks, and I go, oh yeah, this is, it's a fucking well, movie. It's, you're going to, there's probably going to be a point when either everything's going to have to be set in the past, or it's movies are going to have to start to have people wearing masks all the time. Yeah, um, I read that, you know, so there's a show, The Morning Show, which uh, I, I, I talked about, I think, on this show, and I recommended me and my girlfriend watched it. That's with Steve Carell, Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Aniston. It was on Apple TV+. Uh, plus, uh, they're making their second season right now. I was interrupted by COVID. They've written COVID into the plot. It takes place at basically like the oh, Today no Show. Kidding. And they say that that'll be when season two comes out, that wow. mid, you know, through the season, COVID's going to break out and they're going to deal with it. So that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, I think that's what's going to happen is TV shows are going to have to be set in the past or, you know. Yeah. You talking know. of seasons, uh, the one TV show, the one I forgot to mention was Ozark. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, people uh, like it. Uh, yeah, but I can't wait for the next season. It's uh, it's. And they're going to stop making it, right? That was that that was announced. Well, they, I... They've announced it's enough Ozark. No. Yeah, I think that the next season is the final one or something. Or oh, the next one. Yeah, the next. Oh, one. yeah, they can't. They're making leave. a new one. They yeah, can't yeah, yeah. leave a word. Yeah, sad. I know. Okay. People say this about shows about oh, I got it. You know, believe me, there are still people who would try to get me to watch Mad Men and. Uh, Breaking Bad and some of these shows that I never watched, and I go, look, I, I don't have the time. 
Yeah. I mean, I felt like I had the time during the pandemic, and I watched two seasons of Fargo, which were fantastic. So, you know, I saved, if you didn't watch Ozark, well, you didn't watch Fargo, so watch that. Okay. If not, you can fuck off, and I'll fuck off, and All we'll right. just leave it at that. Oh. But, yeah, uh, I, I I hear a lot of good things about Ozark. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I got I, I, You told me about Fargo on the trip, and I yeah. completely. You should check it that off. out. It's great and uh, fantastic. All right, best show on TV. Okay, that's my opinion. All right, good. But the thing is, you know, they're only going into their fourth season. They made the first one. It came out in fourteen. How many episodes per season? I think there's ten or so. Yeah, it's normally, ten hours. It's normally and, about it. And and you know, like I said, they're different stories. There are little tiny things that will connect them, but you can watch the seasons in any order yeah. you want. So, okay. but you know, big stars and the whole thing. I don't even. You could look it up. Who's all in these? But uh, it's fantastic. So, all right. Well, Bill. Yes. I think we've come to the end yeah. of our day. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing the clip. Here. Yeah, we're going to hear Corey and Carlin. We're going to wrap it up. I'm going to play the exit music, but stay tuned because you will hear Corey and Carlin a little bit. Anything you want to plug? Anything going on? <laughs> we just spent you know, yeah, an hour, I know, I hour know. talking about how shit's not going on, and you want to know if, if anything's going where on. They, where can they see you, Bill? So, yeah. Bill hey. will be on his couch. Hey. Uh, <laughs> no, look, my website's, and, and, and do this, it's Bill Hildebrandt Comedian. There's other things on there that, that certain agency of, agencies have posted, so don't get sucked into there. Oh, okay, but you if know, it's a like, specific one. Like, you know, comedy productions and stuff like yeah. that. You know, Rush, but no. Uh, you want, yeah, Bill Hildebrandt, comedian.com. Okay, Bill Hildebrandt, uh, comedian. And I got, a, I got a place on there towards the bottom of the page where you can just leave a note and just let me know that you visited the page. Sure. You know, just, I mean, the numbers are way up. Oh, that's good. I mean, in terms of the number of visitors. Well, you've got somebody helping you with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's well, good. That's Martha. Okay, I yeah. didn't want to say. I so was. she does my website <laughs> and, she, and she watches my damn TV shows. <laughs> yeah. And she goes to the museum and she leaves us alone. You can't do any better than that. <laughs> It's three in a row yeah, right we're, there. We're, yes, we're, we're, we're talking about... Uh, she actually you know, wanted big... to fix a hole in one of my socks. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I'm serious. She's such a hick. I call her that all the time. Okay. But, uh, yeah, go to, and, and leave a note. Go to the bottom of the page. You know, I got a bunch of pictures posted from old-time guys I worked with. Yeah. And stuff, but leave a note. Let me know you visited. Yeah. And go, yeah, I heard you on Joel radio. He should get, you know, better guests. Like <laughs> Say whatever you want. Well, yeah, go find Bill there, and if you've got an outdoor venue that needs comedy, and you're paying... Call Joel, because <laughs> he hates them. I hate him, but Bill will go do it. I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. I mean, look, if you got money, I'll go too, but fuck yeah, it. I yeah. mean, you got to have money. I'm not... They can have us both. Going for free. I don't know. Yeah, 50 bucks. All right. That museum ain't <laughs> cheap, so... No, actually, it wasn't bad. No, it's twenty eight bucks. Twenty eight yeah. Twenty eight bucks. All right, yeah. let's get out of here. Thank you, Bill. Again, JoelRadio.net. And again, you can listen to uh, if you didn't listen to uh, me talking about Corey. That was the previous episode. And uh, again, thanks to everybody who listened to that and uh, sent all their nice uh, words about that. It really made me feel good. Uh, we miss Corey, and you we're sure going to listen to him right now. We're going to listen to him talk to George Carlin in just a minute. So let's get out of here. This music will fade out, and then you'll hear. Can't, maybe if I can't plug the music in, you won't. There's, there's an edit I gotta make. <laughs> but right after this, listen to Corey and George Carlin. Enjoy. We'll catch you next time here on Joel Radio. Thanks a lot, everybody. George, yeah, I have Corey Hall from Real Detroit. Okay, Corey. How are you, George? How's it going, my friend? It's uh, it's great to talk to you, man. 
Thank you. Good to talk. Let's get the movie stuff out of the way first. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, what is it about Kevin Smith? What, what What's so appealing about him? What, what, what do I feel? Or what is the whole deal about well, him? Well, you've worked with him a couple times. Yeah. Right? What do you like about him? Well, uh, first of all, he's a very genuine uh, and he's a very smart guy. Uh, as an example, I offer the uh, script of Dogma as an example of how smart he is. Um, and uh, easygoing, nice personality, no attitude problems. And um, and, and a guy I understand because he's uh, from Jersey, he's from just right across the water there, down in Highland, New Jersey, up on the shoulder of the state. So uh, we, we both have that kind of common uh, Eastern feeling. And, uh, and, and, and you're definitely playing a real Jersey kind of dad in this. Yeah. Movie. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey working class guy in his uh, 60s, obviously, and uh, a grandfather suddenly, uh, but a uh, father to Ben Affleck, and um, guy drives a sweet streeper, uh, street sweeper, streeper, uh-huh. <laughs> streeper. <laughs> um, but not just that, I mean, he's, he's in that uh, kind of street maintenance, you know, where they work manholes and they work street maintenance and they're sweeping them up and everything, so he's... Uh, got a good job, good pension, and a couple of buddies at work, and uh, that's his deal. Yeah. You've broken a, a, a cardinal rule, never work with children or animals. Uh, well, what was the baby stuff that, like? That's if they're standard children or standard animals. This, uh, this little girl is special, and she's very unaffected. Very, uh, I don't know how much stuff she's done before, but whatever she's done hasn't affected or bothered her or, or spoiled her. She's uh, very genuine, very real, very open, very um, a lot of fun to be with. Just full of good spirit. So um, that was a great, uh, a great uh, deal of fun. And uh, and, I, and cardinal rules. I mean, just you know, you use that word cardinal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that 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 just automatically makes me want to uh, find out what, why they're wrong again. Well, you, you played a cardinal, speaking of which, yeah. in, in Dogma, and right. I've seen the Buddy Christ now used on every news show. Like when they run through the images of Jesus in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, that movie was like a, a torch that that went off, and then now now I don't know. It seems to have quieted down. Are you, are you proud to be part of Dogma? Proud to be part of anything that ridicules the religious belief. Yes. Now now Kevin's a little more serious about that stuff than I am. Kevin has a degree of belief, and uh, that's fine for him. Um, but uh, he's got a good healthy skepticism too. Um, mine is all skepticism because uh, I, I just think it's the biggest scam that's ever been pulled on people, the cruelest one, too. But, um, yeah, I'm always proud to, to – if you listen to my stuff, any of my HBO shows or read those books, you'll see uh, how I feel about these folks who uh, have surrendered their individuality to uh, an invisible man in the sky. It's just not a very smart thing to do. Speaking of cruelty, what do you what do you make about all this the passion hubbub and, and the hundred million dollars and all the church groups getting motivated? I mean, well, I want to see it because I because of the violence. I like I'm a, I like movies that have a lot of violence in them, so I want to see it for that reason. I haven't seen it yet. Um, there's there's more whipping than in Ilsa She Wolf of the SS. It's uh, <laughs> good, you know. Um, I. Uh, I just think uh, this is a, is a freak show we live in. We live in an American freak show. When you're born in this country, you're given a ticket to the freak show, and you might as well enjoy it. And they freaks, they come and they go, and they're here to entertain us. People get all upset about Michael Jackson and his children and, and these cancer victim kids, and they get upset about Jesus and everything, and, and they don't understand it's not to be taken seriously. It's an entertainment. It's a moment 
in space-time, and you, and it's all it is is a, just a tiny millimicrosecond, and and people get all excited and serious, and you can't do that to yourself. At least not me. So that's how I think. That's what I feel about all this stuff. Well, you know, the right wing is is always, or at least the last ten years, been harping about how we're becoming a secular society. Yeah. And yet, well, these, shit. Yeah, these throngs flock out to the passion. Why aren't we gaining any ground? Why aren't smart people winning? Well, the smart people are diminishing in numbers because it's not in the interest of the ruling class. Let me use an old-fashioned term. It's not in the interest of uh, the people who run things to have an educated population, uh, not certainly a population capable of critical thinking. That's why education will never get so-called fixed. That's why they keep lowering the standards for kids. In school, can't pass the test, lower the standard, then more kids will pass. That's what they do. Same with the teachers. So there's no uh, real interest on the part of those people who run things in having an educated, critically thinking, uh, lower class, middle class, whatever. It's better to keep people kind of stupid. So that's why it happens. And uh, that's why it's, it's allowed to continue, I think. What are people afraid of? People in general? Yeah, why, why are we so afraid of, of boobs? And uh, people are afraid of all the wrong things in this world because they've been trained by religious superstition. Over the course of centuries and millennia, the superstition that religion has given us have, has been crippling. It has given us a sense of shame about the human body, guilt and fear about the human body and its parts and sexuality. We have been made to think of these things as evil and wrong and dirty. And it's a source of a great deal of psychological imbalance among people uh, and, and anxiety and, and all sorts of mis, I won't call it, uh, I'm mal, maladjusted behavior. People are just screwed up from these beliefs that have no basis in fact. There isn't a shred of evidence. And um, that, that's just at the basis. So that's why we're afraid of boobs. And boobs have nothing to do with the sex act even. I mean, here they are talking about fucking and, and sucking and you can't show this. And, 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 a, and a, a, a breast is used to feed the young. How is it? Caravaggio had done one painting of Mary feeding uh, Jesus, nursing him. Yeah. Would that have made a difference? Uh, if he had done one? Yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean? You're right. The boob is, is, should be hidden. But uh, a cat yeah, nine tails, that should be a lion eye. An afterthought in sex. It's an, it's an, it's an, uh, um, an accessory in sex. Got nothing to do with the sex act. No, yeah. but uh, sure. Uh, nah, you know what it is? Uh, people are just, uh, I think people are, are still very primitive and superstitious. I think we're only one generation away from barbarism. And uh, this is a very thin veneer of uh, of edu of learning of um, of sophistication that we have and uh, we're still uh, we're still working off that reptilian brain I think. Do you think the divide between uh, the blue and the red states, the cities, and and the middle of the country is getting bigger? In well, it's pretty of, even. In terms of philosophy. Uh, you, you, oh, uh, the, the the division among the two poles is probably more pronounced now. Uh, it, it seems that um, this, it, and it's all kind of artificial because it, it, you know there's all one sort of thing here, one one group of owners of the country, and they allow this um, illusion of freedom to to exist, this freedom of choice. Uh, they, the people think they have a lot of choices, and you really aren't 
you're given that many choices. Your choices are paper or plastic. That's really yeah. it. Charge or credit, Coke or, or diet or, or real Coke. You know, there's, there's not a lot of real choice. So, um, so, so this thing is a wonderful thing to watch as opera, as high theater, as blood sport. I love watching politics as blood sport because these guys are all very, they got a lot of things at stake here personally and politically and the economy and filling their pockets. And so, I just love watching it from the standpoint of the fact that this is um, a grand opera being played out for us, but its impact is very, very limited. And everything that a, a strong liberal says he's going to do is watered down by the process, and everything a strong conservative says he's going to do is watered down by the process. And it all comes down to this kind of murky middle that we live in all the time. Why do people care about gay marriage? Why is that an issue? That this well, because they're, they're frightened of, of anything other. You know, the other, yeah. the, the, the famous other, capital other, O-T-T, <laughs> you know? It's um, uh, anything that, that, that rocks their foundation, anything that, that brings into question their, their cherished beliefs is uh, hard for them to, to take, takes time for them, just as the blacks, and had the women to vote, the blacks to vote, and, and be able to sit in the fucking restaurant or go to a hotel. Uh, over time, this will this will change because the uh, the culture uh, evolves, and 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 there's a, there's a familiarity that, that takes place with people, and they they become more comfortable when they see it's not a threat. It's like the hippie the hippie. Um, the generation gap with the hippies and the, and the fathers who were in their 40s and 50s. Well, once you had three or four of these hippies in your family and they weren't out killing people and shit, it became okay. It, it grew into the culture, and the culture actually co-opted it. So I'm sure there'll be uh, gay marriage uh, blockbuster movie trilogies about uh, two guys who get married six six times to six different people, and, uh, and we get to watch them win a lot of Oscars. You're kind of an example of the mellowing effect. Um, you've always been a firebrand. I don't think... In fact, your your act is more strident now than it ever was. Yeah. But you're accepted. You're veneer. You're you're you know revered. How did how did that happen? Well, for one thing, persistent, pain in the ass. You know. <laughs> no, I think what it is is this. Um, I have a, an essentially not even though I'm strident in, in on the stage and I have a kind of a sometimes at least confront confrontational approach. Um, people see me as essentially a non-threatening. Yeah. Uh, there's there's even a kind of vulnerability I think that shows in me, and I've come to be uh, seen as kind of like a friendly cousin who has uh, some <laughs> offbeat uh, attitude, and many of those attitudes they'll agree with, or or a person will agree with uh, ten of them, disagree with ten, but when they agree, they really agree strongly, and um, and, and they just uh, they they accept me because I, over time I've I've shown them. Uh, I can do this. I, I've done 12 of these HBO shows. I'm working on the third book. There's a constant output, and a lot of comics haven't produced that much stuff over time and and, uh, and pursued mostly a stand-up identity, which is what I've done. So um, they see me as part of the furniture and, and, uh, and an interesting piece of furniture at that. And you've never been afraid of a good fart joke? No, you can't be. I, I came up with a nice thing the other night, a, a fart that would fry bacon. <laughs> you know, I, I just love those images. Oh, man. Uh, this has been a real blast. Uh, it's great to talk to you. I, I'm a, I'm a, I do stand-up, and um, 
you're you're always the name that comes up when anybody talks about. Oh, that's nice. Why they, why they care about doing the business. So thanks, thanks, Corey. I, I can't hear anything better than that. I really appreciate that. Yeah. All right, George. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Be cool. Okay. Thanks, Corey.